Hey guys, what's going on? It's John Ryan here from No Holding Back. After a long break away with a little lull in the summer action, you know what time it is. September is just here and football is right for the taking. Starting Thursday, kicking off with the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. So we're going to talk about some of the NFL news and storylines that are happening uh, over the last you know couple of weeks. And, and obviously the big news with luck and, and the big trades that happened over Labor Day weekend. <clears throat> Touch on the big college weekend that kind of popped in. Some of the big time names and, and some of the actions that um, that were on uh, the NFL games as well. So I mean, this is going to be pretty straightforward, Ryan. I mean, you know, football's here. This is what we talked about all summer. Tried to get entertained with, and now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a while since our big Cabo break, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now he's back in Dallas. So um, if any of you have been living under a rock, you don't, you know, Ryan's referring to Ezekiel Elliott training in Cabo, which is actually genius, by the way. The NFL can't cross into Mexico to drug test him. Right, all the steroids you need. Yeah, so he can working he, out with Marshall Falk. Yeah, he's smoking all the weed he wants. You exactly. know, he's doing he's doing fine. Um, you know, but uh, the rumor is is that he's in town to kind of you know move forward to a deal getting getting done um in, yeah so i guess let's start off with who's not in town now old andrew luck yeah General. i mean you know i don't really understand i was at a i was at a party on saturday when the news broke it was kind of like going off like a fucking amber alert like everyone's phone kind of went off at the same time and you know he decided that he was gonna hang it up but it, you know it, it just was a shame the way they did it right like because Schefter reported during the game when he's on the sidelines talking with everybody like it's no big deal, you know, and then all the fans trickling in. They're getting that news right. without any warning. So you thought, like, Schefter shouldn't have posted it? He should have waited? I don't know, right? Do do you hold on that? Because somebody else is going to steal the story if not. So he, he's kind of in a rock and in a hard place there. It's I, I think whoever leaked that should have managed it better. Right. Yeah, I agree. Camp or but it's the maybe that it's the it's the Colts. They got more leaks in that organization than you know most teams. Like that's not something that you're supposed to do, especially when it came out that him and Ursay had a conversation the days before. You know what? At least they did the right thing and let them keep the signing bonus money. They're not trying to claw that back. Yeah, but a lot of people started bringing up Calvin Johnson and why they made him pay back the money when he retired early in Detroit, which was which is even so. You're talking about twenty five million versus two million. So yeah. I, I think players look at that. Yeah. Right? No, that's when, the when thing. And you want that organization. All right. It makes them look like a better organization. And look, they they've turned that leave. I think the way the roster is constructed, they've been doing a lot better job. They've really hit on a lot of draft picks lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I, yeah, it sucks losing luck, but now they have the good coach. Well, we'll see with Reich, right? right? He looked good. So I, I, I think he might be able to do some percent. We'll see. You know, it's still a step down. But yeah. No, I mean, I think that that goes to show you about what the what the players really need to kind of look at. Yeah. If you're an organization and you have a talent like Luck, it shouldn't take you five years before you build an offensive line. They never, yeah, exactly. They never put a line around him. They're like, oh, he, he can overcome this. He's the next big thing. Right. Well, dude, he's, he's taking hits. The guy had a internal bleeding from his mm. kidney and all. And right. Like, and countless other injuries. I mean, it's a shame when you lose great players like that, but you need to, I think, what really needs to happen and what people need to understand is that like Andrew Luck doesn't need football. No. And and, and these are some of the kind of concerns that draft draft experts and, and, and front office personnel have is that 
you know, what really kind of like drives these players. Andrew Luck doesn't need to play football. He's got his own architectural firm, comes from a very fluent family. Right. Like he, he, he doesn't need to get pummeled like the like, way he's been this doing. This is one of the guys who would produce a reading list for all his teammates and all. Right. He's, he's an actual Stafford graduate. Right. And his father now heads the XFL. So, I mean, you, I mean, it's going to be a very interesting to see what happens with him post like retirement. Yeah. You never I wouldn't know. close the door. The yeah. I wouldn't close the door, which is probably why they gave him the 24 and a half million, because if he does come out of retirement, I'm sure. Sure, it has a lot to do with where he can sign, and he probably needs to come back. And right. you know, it, it, yes, it looks like it's a good graces pitch, but I'm sure in the contract there's some stipulations to that. Right. So I agree. Um, I, I guess agree. The, the, the next big thing so to really it, talk about is the is the fleecing in Houston. Yeah, team's not doing it right. right? Uh, you know what? This is this is just something that. So, uh, go ahead. I mean, you can so talk I, about I, it. I, easily. I guess let's start off right how this all happened. In the draft, it looked like Andre Dillard was going to fall to them. They had a lot of holes on their offensive line, and they failed to trade up, which probably would have cost them around a fourth, third-round pick, whatever, to move up. Uh, instead, they didn't. They sat, and then the Eagles traded up at them, got Andre Dillard, right. probably the best pass-blocking tackle in the draft. And there's no one really else be- – Behind them, they ended up. Texans ended up going with a developmental project, former tight end who needed a lot of work as a tackle. Right. So the Texans fired their GM right after the draft, and then refused to even hire one. They got in, I don't know, some spat with the the Patriots about trying to hire their guy away, and now we're here with Bill O'Brien managing the team. So it happened with. Let's, let's start off with Clowney, right? Mm-hmm. Clowney, there's a lot of information out where they they tried, instead of uh, franchising him as a defense end like he should be, they tried franchising him as an outside linebacker, which is $2 million difference. Yeah. He's going to be making $2 million less. And then they told him that they were going to trade him, so he has no incentive to sign that. Right. And he gets to basically pick his team. He, says, he could say, I'll, I'll refuse to... Uh, to sign that unless you pick a team that I want to go to. Right. Now you're forcing hand. Um, so then going on to the tackle, right, everybody knew, knew they were desperate. Mm-hmm. The leaks were all uh, tonsil were out the window because right. Clowney was projected to be traded there. Right. But then he said he didn't want to go there. So right. another instance of that. Right. <clears throat> I just think it's, it's a lot of mismanagement on their part. Well, Obviously, I mean, you know, even if you just let's just go like let's talk about Clowney for a little bit. I mean, yeah. even if you let Clowney go, like he doesn't play, so he was get he was going to get fined just under like a million dollars a game that he missed. Okay, right. so at some point, you know, he probably would have felt pressure to come back. Like you never know, you know, he was a top overall pick, so he was got he got a lot of guaranteed money. But at the same time, let's say he does walk, you 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 automatically get a third round pick just based on the sign that the he's going to say. The comp, right? Right. And now with the and new rules, and you're regaining some of that money too because if he misses, you know, up to week uh, eight, yeah, whatever, or right. you're getting that money back, or you're not paying him at all. Right. And and the fact that now in the new draft rules that you can trade comp picks now, right. so that third round pick is is very valuable. Now the other thing is is that. You go, you trade into Seattle, which I thought was a great move at Seattle, and everyone's saying, oh, you know, they got fleeced there, and then they got fleeced to Miami, but then it comes out that they're paying more than half of his franchise tag. Yeah, over. so his franchise tag's at a little over $15 million for the outside linebacker. Right. 
And the, yeah, they're fronting that's a million, which they could have recouped from the lost games. Like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And, and then the, the, the pick's not going to be that much better. Seattle's a pretty tough team. It's going to be near the end of the third round anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, uh, it's just poor management. And then the Tunsil trade comes out. They the the Houston Texans ended up giving the Miami Dolphins Two more first. in return than what Khalil Mack ended up um, going for for the Bears. I mean, you know, Larry Tunsil is one of the, like, in my opinion, is one of the bright left tackles in the league, and has, and yeah, and has has an opportunity to be the best, you know. But now he can just really, literally go to Houston and be like, I want, price. yeah, I want like twenty five, thirty million. Right. So, so you're going from because you're not going to give him up because and you, you paid and you're going like, from five, a fourth yeah. round pick that you could have had the guy you want who probably could have played this year with Dillard, right? To to a guy who you're going to be signing a max deal. For, Right up there, and he's not elite. He's very good, and right. he's developing, but he's not elite. Right. And he's going to be making elite money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's now you're hampering yourself. You're tying up money. You, you got rid of draft capital, so you can't build on two sides. Right. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Th- and this and is... now, like, what, what GM would want to come step into that role? Well... <laughs> That's going to be a very interesting situation because I think the reason why they were targeting the guy from New England was because of his working relationship and his knowledge of what um, Bill O'Brien has done with his time with Belichick in New England. Kind of similar to what um, the Jets had done with Gase in identifying Joe Douglas. I knew you were going to bring that up. So uh, so I understand where they're going for it, but you you shouldn't be making those decisions like that, especially before before the season starts. I, I couldn't agree more. It's the worst time. Like, coaches are all game planning and all, and now Bill O'Brien's trying to pull fucking rabbit out of his ass. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You're trying to protect Deshaun Watson, who, you know, needs to kind of have a big year, but, you know, uh, and the, I get the Kenny Stills insurance policy for Will Fuller, but still, like that's just a lot, a lot for a team that's really not there. Well, and especially a guy who hasn't made the best decisions overall, anyway. Right. Look, I, I get it. Somebody had it out for him on the draft, but mm-hmm. still, you're ripping bongs out of a gas mask in college, yeah. like. But you know what? Maybe you know that's that's something that you ha- that happened years ago, and again, something or someone was after him, and, you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, he's going to end up in a better situation, you would think. He's on a better team that's not going to rebuild, and he has the, all the leverage in the world to make the decisions and the money decisions that he wants to make. But I actually wanted to bring up one thing that, you know, we didn't really discuss on, 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 on the beginning, is that, you know, all of these players that are, that are holding out, you know, we saw that, you know, last season, earlier in this season, you know, Melvin Gordon is probably going to hold out for a bit. Zeke has been holding out for a bit. And I was actually kind of thinking, what what would really stop these players from from doing this? Because it does hurt the game. Like, you don't want guys yeah, like... Yeah, I, I think it's multiple fronts, right? One aspect we're, t- we're talking about, it's kind of ridiculous them being able them being the teams being able to franchise tag all these players like right. they do. But I think it's is especially um, difficult for certain positions, i.e. running backs, right. right? Because they have a finite life. Uh, their lifespan is generally the shortest in the right. league. And now you're saying, oh, all these guys like that. And it's not like the Cowboys haven't historically done it where they've ran their running backs in the ground before they have that chance right. and then refuse to give them money afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something of a guarantee that they need. So say you franchise a player, they should be guaranteed that rate over a few years. Right. 
Okay, I could see that. I, I mean, I think the one way that I was kind of thinking about this earlier was why not, you know, allow some of these guys to go pro early, like especially like the running back position, right? It, it, it's tough. I, I I think in football, given that. Like, well, what, what are you going to do, position by position? No, I mean, you can. Why would they have to stay three years? Like, especially the running backs more prominent because those salaries have diminished over time. Well, just based on the, the elite level of these players that are behind there, those are the those are the kind of the star dual kind of threat players on the offensive side of the ball. And the biggest worry about them is wear and tear. So if they're going three years in college, yeah, plus I, trying I, to I, get to that last con- that second contract right. or third but, contract, but I, th- I think it's more rare for exceptionally gifted football players to make the transition right away. Well, that I guess that remains I, to be I just seen, think it's right? Harder. And now now you're dealing with all right, so so take the other half of that too. Now veterans teams are afraid to pay veterans, right? So now you're making more prevalent that rookies are coming in a cheaper deal. You don't really care about them. And now the NFL is not going to care. But that's kind of what's going on right now. Yes, I mean, there's, but, but I there's, think that needs to be reworked as well. Kind of how you get a discount for true, the, the players. True. True. But you also need to really, you also really need to look at if you've been a veteran for a long period of time in this mm-hmm. league and you've had certain tenure, you're guaranteed certain salaries regardless because of years of service. Well, which which kind of hurts on some ends. Right. Yes but at no. the same time, if you're not if you're not there, I mean, it's 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 a it's a commodities business. Yeah. I mean, you you want it, to get it, the less tough. out of the it, more of that. I just think you could do it smarter, right? Teams who draft you and reward you, they could get a discount against the cap right. for the amount of years of service. So you're not taking on that full brunt. You're not worried about resigning that guy who's been loyal to your franchise. Right. I mean, so, it's going to be interesting because the new CBA is going to be worked into this. But also, one of the things that that just came to my mind is that I don't even think the NCAA, from a football perspective, would allow these kids to leave early. Like look at look oh at, how much money they're making. Yeah, I mean it, it would be it would be something that would cause you know kind of the similar issues that the NBA and, and college basketball are having just yeah. about how it's ridiculous how much they make off football anyway. Yeah, I mean you know I know Ezekiel Elliott could have came out early. There's a lot of guys that could come out early. It's just a matter of how do you allow them to protect themselves if they come out they don't get drafted certain plays or whenever they hire an agent and they go well, through I, the process. I, I think the biggest name that came to mind when you were saying that was Fournette to me. Right. Who's yeah. just a man child right. at LSU, running back, historical right. or even more, position. or even more of a, a more renowned situation was Maurice Claret when he was coming out of Ohio State back in the day right. when he was trying to come out early. So, you know, and I think the reason why he didn't come out was because the more the NCAA, he was at a big the, one of the big time programs at the time, yeah. just had you know dethroned the Hurricanes, and they were like, we don't want this guy to leave. Yeah. And I thought that was a bit of the problem too, but. I think that's an interesting topic leading up to the CBA kind of being reworked right now. And, you know, DeMora Smith is probably going to, you know, flub it again. So yeah, they probably we, should I mean, get somebody we, we in there. We spend a whole pod talking about yeah. all the So it's going to be interesting, especially nuances. leading up to week one, which, you know, 100-year anniversary of the NFL, Thursday night, the two oldest teams in football clash at Soldier Field. You know, yeah, we, so, so changing up. Historically, they've always done the Super yeah. Bowl champ, right? Now they're doing the 100-year anniversary. Yeah, and then Barstool got all pissed off about it because, you know, they're Pats. Bostonians and the Pats. But, you know. Who cares? Yeah. I, I, I think the Pats are probably happy. Probably. And you know what? The Thursday night f- first game is, is all fine and well, but there's nothing like, you know, Sunday night football, which no. is what the Pats and the, the, the no, it was prime time. Pats and Pitt. I'd rather watch that, but there's actually a lot of good matchups. 
Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of tight spreads. I mean, I think we're looking at it right now. I think the highest so, spread so is. So let's start off. We'll, we'll start off Thursday, go through Sunday slot, sure. and then finish on Monday. Okay. So right off the bat, we have Green Bay at Chicago mm-hmm. with uh, Chicago laying three. Right. Uh, you know. This is a typical offense defense game. Yeah. And, and we'll see if Aaron Rodgers, you know, has come back adapting to the new OC, uh, if they, they really were injuries last year. Right. And also Chicago losing Fangio if right. that defense is up to what it was. Right. And we want to be able to see um, from the Packers side of the ball, is that defense more improved? I mean, they spent a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball. They have a new regime that came into Green Bay that wanted to spend the, spend the money in free agency, which is historically what they didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the, on the other side, Chicago, the storyline is, is, is Mitchell Trubisky the real deal? And oh, I thought you were going to say kicker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Cody Park. He'll never have a job again. Maybe they should Maybe I, should I, sign Kerry Lloyd. The, I heard their Wooder boy is going to be their kicker for opening game. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. But just bring Carrie Lloyd. She's pumping it from 55. That That is great that they can't find a kicker and the spread is three points. I know. Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, the Thursday night game, I think it's going to be close. Who are you taking? Uh, I am going to do Green Bay because I took Green Bay when we did our uh, wins and loss predictions um, a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to do Green Bay. Yeah, I don't remember who I took, so I'm going to go Chicago. You didn't remember that we had to do this pod today, so, you know, God knows where you're going to be able to remember these picks. (laughs) But it should be a good game. You know, um, I'm sure everyone would be out and excited for football season to start, so we're going to get it going. All right, next one, Atlanta and Minnesota. Minnesota's lane four, which yeah, is a little we, shocking to you me. You know one of the interesting stats, too, is how many dome games Atlanta was playing in this year. Well, yeah, I mean, most of the, if you got to think about it, most of the stadiums have domes now, all the new stadiums at least. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, but I don't really understand all the hype around Minnesota. Uh, I, I don't like Kirk Cousins. I am not a big fan of Stefan Diggs because he just shits the bed on my fantasy teams every year. Um, That's and, only late. Yeah, and I I have a feeling that Atlanta is going to um, get through, kind of move past the injuries from last season, and they'll be able to you know play much right. better. I think Freeman being healthy really yeah, opens and them Neil up. Neil in the back end, I, you know, they revamped that whole offensive mm-hmm. line. Ridley's uh, a sophomore. Right. That the, those the. They probably have the best wide receiver duo in football, um, in my opinion, at least. Or trio, excuse me. Yeah, Snow um, up there. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a good game. And um, if I was a, if I was a degenerate like you, Ryan, I think I'd be, <laughs> I think I'd be pounding Atlanta on, in that case. But you know. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I I like Atlanta too, getting the points. Yeah. In Minnesota. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. So let's go over to Indy. At the Chargers, one of the one of the games that I somehow bet during summer before <laughs> luck was out. See, degenerate. Who, who bets that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to get ahead of the spreads before they moved, and boy, oh, did you, that move against me. Yeah, well, no pun intended there. From getting plus three to plus seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, this is going to be interesting. It's at it's at the Chargers. Chargers are probably one of the favorites coming out of the AFC. Yeah, I mean. The running back's questionable now with Eckler having to fill in for Gordon. Derwin James is missing, who is one of the key pieces to their defense last year. I think they still have a great secondary. They have great line. 
I, I think you'd have to uh, back the Chargers here, but I, I like Indy getting all those points. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, and you know what? The whole Chargers thing, Anthony Lynn came from that, like, Bills when he was UOC when Rex was there. Mm-hmm. They used a lot of, you know, different looks. Different yeah. running backs. I don't think it, it's going to be a loss. I mean, Melvin Gordon, it's a tremendous talent, but I don't think it's th- going to be that well, like, significant. Like we were talking before off air, where it's yeah. like you, you don't have that unpredictability with the back, where, right. whereas you have backs who are primary one or the other, which they do. Mm-hmm. Justin Jackson primarily running, whereas right. Eckler's primarily the catching. You kind of know what the offense is going to do. Right, exactly. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens. Maybe, I maybe mean, they do have Hunter Henry back now too, which is exciting. Yeah, apparently he played all year last year, according to some uh, analysts over <laughs> at the ESPN. These guys just kill me. See so if an A is a middle initial. Yeah, yeah. Not for asshole. No, not for asshole. Or maybe. Maybe. All right, your all team. Philly. Not Washington get- Redskins coming to town. Nine and a half. I really, I really don't like this for two reasons. One, because I don't like spreads and divisional games like larger than like seven points. Also, Eagles one in five, I think, in the last six games versus the Redskins. Yeah. And I know that last year's Washington had a great defense. Still do. And they got even better with Landon Collins and Montez Sweat. So um, the question marks. They just marks, uh, snaked. Trayvon Hester, the mm-hmm. hero of the double doink, the yeah. field goal versus Chicago that he blocked. Right. Um, and so I mean, another... I think the big question mark with Washington is what you know their offense and what's happening with um, um, Trent Williams. Yeah, right. Uh, the starting Keenum. Yeah. So the starting Keenum, they're going to they, run. They don't have a true number one receiver. But they're going to run the shit out of the ball anyway with Geis and and all day. I mean. It's gonna be an, it's going to be a test on how good that front seven is going to be with Philly, uh, because they won't be able to test the young secondary that Philly has because Case Keenum and those wide receivers aren't going to be able to get much separation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know Fletcher Cox is you know probably the second best defensive tackle in football. And Malik Jackson out too, which is going to yeah. Be fun so to see. you know what, it, it's going to be a great game. Nine and a half points scares the shit out of me. Yeah, and. Right, Fletcher's still coming off injury. A lot mm-hmm. of these guys are coming off injuries, so I think it's going to be a game. I had nine and a half's a lot, even for me being a homer. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Philly takes it. I don't know. I shy away from giving all those points. Up. Yeah, no, I get, I agree with you there. Okay, the battle. Uh, I mean, this is going to be the make or break. Battle of the base. Yeah, battle of the base. <laughs> San Francisco <laughs> at Tampa. Yeah, so I mean, I'm very surprised at this game. This game is in Florida, and we got the the, the Dolphins. I think are playing in Miami with Dorian coming through. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens because we all know the weathermen don't know shit about what's going on. Nope. So um, Tampa is what laying one, Lang I believe. One. San Francisco. This is a big year for Kyle Shanahan and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you know, they got a lot of speed on the outside. They have a lot of people kind of, you know. M- making an effort to make this team much better and there's just so many excuses and now i'm I'm tired of hearing it so jimmy g's got to do it and that defense needs to step yeah. up and it, it was so weird all offseason he was like down talking pettis and then now it's he's gonna be their number one like usually you, you're supposed to be putting confidence in these guys right especially receiver position like that you don't want to be doubting these guys like right. 
I don't. It, it was kind of odd to me. Now they need Brietta as the number one running back. Tevin Coleman's the two, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange. Also, even though Kevin, Tevin Coleman was looking good for them. Yeah. Um, Tampa, you know, new coaches there as well. But that's the Jamin Winston experience. I mean, that that's just. Yeah, I mean, they usually they've been starting off hot, but also new regime, so we don't know. Right. I mean, Todd Bowles will, will get that defense kind of you know bend don't break type of type of deal, but. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I like San Francisco in this, even in the Tampa, even if the game goes off in Tampa. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa. Yeah? Okay. Shake right. it up. All right, I like it. All right, moving on. Kind of, I, I, I like the home teams in the opening weekend, yeah. especially with tight spread like that. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I'm still going with San Francisco. All right. Now to your game, the Buffalo Bills coming down to New York. New Jersey, really, but versus the Jets. Jets laying three against a rival. I think this is the game that makes it breaks for both the seasons. Basically, (laughs) where where these guys are going to finish out. No, like if one's going to be having a winning record over eight and eight, or one's going to be under eight and eight. Yeah. I I think if we're looking back back at the win total, both around like seven or eight, right, right, for the win total, I think this game's huge for that win total and building the momentum. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, I don't really know what's going on with the Bills. I mean, they had a great defense last year. Um, Just odd moves. And they just traded away, uh, what is it, backup, was it backup center? they They traded for someone, signed them, or signed someone away. I mean. And then they traded their backup to... The Pats. Why Why ever trade with the Pats, especially in the same division? I don't know. Like, you know they're hurting that center, so you give them a piece for nothing? And they know, and the, and the Patriots know how to, they win every trade. Right. And what, why, if you're the Bills, always do that? Anyway, this but is a side I, part. Yeah, part. I mean, I think Josh Allen needs to be able to throw those intermediate throws. I really have no idea what this Jets secondary is going to look like. Tremaine Johnson's banged up, and he's just, you know, doesn't seem to be playing at the level that he was playing in L.A., well, but... You never know who Josh Allen's going to be throwing to that, either. That's true, too. I mean, you know, Cole Beasley. Everyone was all high on Cole Beasley coming over from Dallas. Um, you know, I, I guess we'll see how your new linebacker's going to do tracking down Allen because he yeah. should be running the ball. Yeah. That, it's going to be – you know what? It's going to be a fun game. The Buffalo Jets games are always good because they're just always so mediocre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really a like a backyard game. game. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just really I, – I, I fear that that plays into Allen's – you know. Yeah, but that also plays into Darnold. If you remember the Rose Bowl against Penn State, that was just backyard football. Um, I just, I'm very excited, and not just to be because I am a Jets fan. I'm just excited to see what the offense is going to look like because there have been years where I always went to games looking at the score and the defensive side of things instead of the offense. So, but I will not tell you who I'm picking because I don't bet on this game. I'm taking bills all day. All right, go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right, Baltimore, Miami. Miami's a sinking ship. They're tanking. Um, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson is going to be a very interesting um, situation. And, um, yeah, I just don't think Miami has it. But that's that should be that's, – that's kind of my quick assessment of that matchup. Miami's getting six and a half. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all over Baltimore here. Yeah, and the field I, in Miami is going to be a mess. Yeah, so, I mean, which might trickle down the score. Right. So so you could see it come within that, but I just think Baltimore is going to be too much. Yeah. Their whole offense, I don't know how Miami's going to stop them. I don't know 
how Miami's going to score on them. Yeah. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always good in the first three weeks of the season, so Fitzmagic could pull what he did in Tampa against the Saints last yeah, year. Yeah, but he left, just lost his best boy with yeah. Stills. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Like, so basically I was equating Stills to Deshaun yeah, last yeah, yeah. year. No, with I'm, that I'm, I was picking up what you're putting down. So we'll see. I, I I think Baltimore smacks them around. All but. right. Okay. Kansas City and Jacksonville. This, this one's interesting too. So this spread public's all over KC, but it stayed tight at Jacksonville, just giving up four. Yeah. I think so it's real interesting. I I I think Jacksonville's defense strong. They're they're back again. Nick Foles magic, but this is one that KC can always pop the spread at the very end. Right, they they could be a close game, and then they could throw that extra touchdown. So I think this 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 game goes one or two ways. Either Kansas City blows Jacksonville out, or Jacksonville wins this game in a tight run. And the only reason I say that is because John D. Filippo's there with Foles, knows exactly what he can do right yep. and can't do. I think Leonard Fournette basically this is his last year in Jacksonville, so he's on a prove it type of deal. Yep. And, you know, Ramsey's the same way. He's on a prove-it deal, too. So all these guys are going to have to step up if they want to play. And, you know, I, I just love the matchup of Ramsey and, and Tyreek Hill. So, um, but, you know, I, I would probably, if I was a betting man, I would go Kansas City. But this game is probably one of my games of the week. I I would lean Jacksonville probably, but it's just I can't go against KC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Tennessee and the overhyped fucking Cleveland Browns. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of hearing this. Laying five and a half versus Tennessee. This is probably the first time in the history of Browns football that they're giving points. <laughs> like you know, and and Tennessee is nowhere near anywhere any anything close I, to being I, I able to win this game. I don't see Tennessee, man. Yeah, so uh, this is straightforward. You, you know, know you know what too. This game, Cleveland might blow them out. And it's everybody's going to be all over the hype chain. Yeah, and then I'd be looking at. Oh no! Trust me, I can see. I can see Baker and OBJ hooking up for two hundred yards in this game. Right. So I mean, which would be lovely for us, mm-hmm. but um, I think this game is just not even going to be a close one. No. So yeah, I'm with you. All the hype. I I think it's going to be rocketing there in Cleveland, yeah. and I think they're going to thump Tennessee. Yeah, I agree. All right, so this is your favorite game of the this week. This is you, my favorite game of you're the week. You're a fan. You're, you like the Rams-Carolina game. Carolina's yeah. home getting three points. Yeah, another one is home dogs on opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, public's all over the Rams, and the line's not budging. I'm very scared of Cam Newton, and as you know, I think he's the most overrated player in football. But I also have no idea what Todd Gurley is. Me neither. I, I think he could be cooked, man. And I just keep th- watching the Rams play that soup, like in my head, just thinking how the Rams played that Super right, Bowl. Scared. And it, yeah. And now you got to travel cross country to a team that everybody's discounting. New owner who's reinvigorating them. Yeah. Uh, DJ Moore back for second season. I think they might have some of the Curl St. Mills. Uh, and, you know, Christian McCaffrey's probably top three running back in football. I, I hate saying that. I, <laughs> I just don't. Um, like I don't know what Cam Newton's throwing ocean is going to be. I have no idea about that that whole thing that's going on in Carolina. Um, but with that being said, I would probably still take the Rams. I'm all over Carolina, and I know for you're this. all over Carolina. So that's uh, that's going to be something we'll be going back and forth with on Sunday. Yeah. All right. So this game, Ugh. barn burner. Cincy yeah. at Seattle. So. 
another one in the tank for Tua teams in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Which is act, you know what? Apparently they're they're really re- I mean it's Cincinnati, but they're really high on the kid Ryan Finley. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where this team is going to be. They just cut their. I mean, I can't really talk because the Jets did the same thing, but I believe they cut their third-round pick as well, their third-round linebacker that they picked. So uh, Seattle obviously getting clowny in in the Texans deal. Um, DJ Metcalf may suit up. Yeah, man. I don't know Uh, if that's make or break for them. I just want to be able to see – what Metcalf just yeah, that's you know he's a freak of nature and you always like to see that. So yeah, it, uh, it's a lot of points. It's Seattle, you know, who the hell knows with them scoring all that much? I, and I we would, all know your love uh, for Russell Wilson. Yeah, not out there. <laughs> I, I would err on the side of caution of giving up all those points. Uh-huh. This would be a stay away for me, but I, I think Seattle definitely comes away with it. But. Okay. I just think that's a lot of discount against Cincinnati. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. All right, Detroit and Arizona. Arizona, another dumpster fire of an organization right now. Um, We all know where Ryan stands on Kyler Murray. Um, Detroit, basically the Patriots of the Midwest, um, going to Arizona. Arizona getting two and a half. I like Detroit here. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the home dogs. I am not going with them. I'll tell you that much. I'm taking Detroit all day. Okay. All right. That's just a pretty straightforward. Here's the big one: the Giants at Dallas. Yeah, this Dallas is interesting, right? Seven. So, so Zeke's in talks right now. If he signs, we'll see. Um, if he doesn't, we got nothing yet on the wire right now. Yeah. But what I actually, um, this is my bold pick of the week. I taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants with the seven. With the seven. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants beat them outright because I believe this is Eli Manning's last year in uh, in New York. And Eli opened Jerry World with a win at Dallas, and I think he ends his last game in Jerry World also with a win. So Yeah, um, I'm not with you. <laughs> Taking Dallas. Uh, I I would love to see the Giants beat them. I just I just have that I, feeling. I don't see it. You know, I have that I have that feeling that you know just it's it's this just there. This is one that I would be glad to be wrong to you on. Oh no, I, I I agree. I just you know it's just, it's got that tingly feeling. And then maybe we could bump Zeke's contract up to maybe 110 million for oh, six yeah. years. Yeah, six years and 90. That's <laughs> the projection. Okay, the Sunday night game, which should be the first, which Barn usually Banner. is the first game. Steelers at New England, where. Tomlin's trying to regain his soul from Belichick. Yeah, and I don't think he does it again because Tomlin's... Land six, Pats? Yeah, I'm going to take New England. And the reason I'm going to take New England is because I believe Tomlin's headset is going to go out in the (laughs) the fourth quarter and they're not going to be able to communicate. Um, But I'm interested to see the post-AB era. Yeah, see if Juju could step up. Yeah, so... You know what I didn't know? He's still only 22. That's wild. Yeah, he's young. He's really young. Uh, I mean, it should be interesting. They have Moncrief now as the second. See if uh, Washington or Deontay Johnson can step up. That yeah, and, and you know what? The one guy I really, really want to see play is Josh Gordon. Josh and Gordon so in there for New England. Um, I think, and what? New England just put their receiver. Yeah, Nikhil Harry, yeah. On uh, IR, where second Myers, who's undrafted free agents, mm-hmm. coming in. So yeah, yeah he'll probably I mean, end up being Julian Edelman 2.0. I I'm gonna go the reverse. I'm yeah. gonna take Pitt with the points here. Okay, 
All right, I like that. I like that. I just, I, I just can't bet against New England in any sense because I know hey, how it feels. The old man has to go down sometime. I, I know. Well, you know what they they said that four <laughs> years ago. So this game, so which smart move is to always bet New England. Always, <laughs> always. As much as you hate them, at least you could win something off of it. Always. All right, Monday night game opening opening weekend is always two games. New Orleans um, yeah, with well, Houston coming to town. It sucks. This is the first one. I think this is better game of the two. But yeah, but I'm not gonna stay. I'm not gonna. Nah, have, the, the other one's West Coast. Yeah, but yeah. So Houston coming to New Orleans with their new left tackle. Um, <laughs> I think New Orleans is going to send them back packing. Yeah, I mean this this is going to be an interesting season for New Orleans because one, the only thing that Drew Brees is missing is an MVP award. Um, the problem with that is the uh, league MVP has never won a league MVP, or I don't want to say never because I'm not really sure, but history says that the league MVPs normally don't do well in the Super Bowl. So Besides Brady. Well, Brady's only won Super Lost. Bowls when he hasn't. False. Yeah, and vice versa. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be interesting to see if Alvin Kamara can handle the backfield uh, you know, as the number one guy, splitting carries with Mark Ingram last year. Oh, Latavius Murray's the number two, so we'll see how much. He's yeah, put let's in. see, but uh, I don't really know. And then you know the 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 famous hard knocks. Yeah, Oakland laying one. You think that's hard knocks hype for Denver? No, I think Denver's shit. You think they're shit? Yeah, I think I, they're shit. I, I don't Joe know. Flides, like, I, I I was under on them too, but then I've just been thinking: Is Flacco good with that defense? It's not about Flacco being good with the defense. I don't even like the offensive scheme that Flacco's going to run there. Yeah, like it's just not like you're going to run a zone. You're going to run a whole zone scheme. Flacco's just not there, and Drew Locke's not there. Their their offensive line is like dwindling. The Garrett Bowles shit was, you know, falling apart. Um, their defense is the only thing that's going to keep them relevant, and you know. I want to see what AB does with Derek Carr, and I really want to see this kid Josh Jacobs, who's apparently having a phenomenal camp. Good. So, so I'm taking Denver. There you go, and I'll take Oakland. So we're <laughs> going to just keep going back and forth over the weekend and see who's right and who's wrong. But um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a fun year. You know, hopefully everyone stays healthy. We hate seeing guys and going down early or at any point in the season. Um, and then we want to see big time growth from young quarterbacks: Baker Mayfield, um, you know, Sam Darnold. We want to see Carson Wentz stay healthy. I want to see what Mitch Trubisky looks like. And then, you know, for the guys in the backfield, Le'Veon Bell coming back for a year after being a year out. Todd Gurley, nobody knows. Um, so it, it should be an interesting interesting season. Yeah, it'd be fun, especially see Montgomery right away, see what that yeah. new young star could do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, you know, let us know what you think. This is going to be kind of our um, – we're going to really focus on the NFL because we started right at the end of the season towards the playoffs when we started this podcast. So it's going to be a nice little change of pace to kind of get through it on a week-to-week Should've basis. Should named it Hurricane Roger coming in. <laughs> and we will be tracking the uh, the uh, CBA talks throughout the year too. So it should be one hell of a, uh, a football season this year. And then to any of the teams that uh, we like or dislike that you root for, sorry, but you know we're smarter than you are. <laughs> And um, at the end of the day, um, this is no holding back, and we really don't give a fuck. 